but just watch. I just want to kind of practice some coding challenges. That's what I like about it. It's just very fun, approachable, but you're still learning a lot. I had this idea to create a project called the Black Excellence Music Project that highlighted musicians and jazz worlds and just promoting more diversity in those fields. Welcome to episode two of the WebJoy podcast. I'm your host, Eddie. In this podcast, we interview guests about their origin story and what makes them excited and joyful to be part of the tech community. I hope you enjoy today's episode, A Fun, Approachable Way, with Jessica Wilkins. Hi, Jessica. How about you share who you are, what you do, where you work? Brief introduction about yourself, if you will. Sure. I'm happy to be here. My name's Jessica Wilkins. I'm based in Los Angeles, California, and I'm a software developer at this.labs, and I'm also a technical writer for Free Code Camp. I changed careers from a classical musician. So before being in software, I spent all my time performing, teaching, and recording. Since I'm in LA, there's a big recording scene here. <laughs> so that was my life, just running all around Southern California and living that life. And the pandemic hit and everything obviously changed changed and didn't go away anytime soon, like I had thought. And so I had an idea for a project that I had started in June of 2020 because race relations were really bad at that time. There was George Floyd's murder that we were going through and all of that. Um, and then also COVID was just really, really, really bad in most places around the world. So tensions were just high. I had this idea to create a project called the Black Excellence Music Project that highlighted musicians and jazz worlds and just promoting more diversity in those fields and bringing forth those stories of musicians from the past and present. So I decided to learn how to code because I had all this free time. <laughs> you know, since COVID was just forced us to all be at home pretty much. So I started just learning how to code, bounced around a few different resources, then landed on Free Code Camp and started learning HTML and CSS and JavaScript and started to really enjoy it. And so the first year I bounced back and forth between if I wanted to make a career change or not, uh, but then finally decided to make that plunge. I did end up building the project there and launching that and then making a version two. But then I decided to switch careers for certain there. That's how I ended up here. I love how in the midst of a really unfortunate time with COVID, with all the tensions being high because of such horrible decisions that were acted in our country, that you said, what can I do about this? You found a proactive way to uplift people and say, hey, listen, I'm going to do what I can to create more visibility so that people have something to look to rather than being dragged down into the bad things that people are doing. Of course, we need to address that, but also to say, while people are looking at this, what if we have a way to uplift and raise those black voices so that people can see them and amplify them and really uplift the community? in a season that was so difficult. Absolutely, yeah. I can't imagine what that time was like. What do people have to kind of break out of that heavy time? And I love that you're like, let me bring a little bit of inspiration to that time to help people through. I think that's awesome. 
Yeah, it just came out of nowhere because I was getting all these messages from people. Because one of the, I guess, good things that came out of COVID was we were finally having a deeper conversation about lack of diversity in many industries, not just in music. And it was talked about in film and television and whatnot. And so within the music industry, specifically within the classical world, there really isn't a lot of diverse representation for Black and Latino musicians. There have been studies done about it, and it's like as low as three and a half percent and which is really low. It's been pretty steady uh, for the past like decade or so. I had people messaging me on Facebook and Twitter asking me about resources to learn more about Black musicians within the classical world and jazz worlds. And so I started just sending them all these different sites that I found over the years. And I was like, there should really just be one site and it should have some games. It should have some good teaching materials. So I was like, I guess I'll just build it. And so (laughs) that's where it came in. I was like, I guess I'll learn how to code. And and I kind of just went down that crazy path and ended up loving it there. That's so cool. I know a lot of people who are trying to get into tech that I've met on Twitter, a lot of times they're trying to figure out like, oh, what should I do? How should I improve my skills? And it's funny because one of the biggest things I always come back to is what's something that you're interested in that you wish existed and figure out how to build that. You may have to rely on grabbing stuff from tutorials or stealing stuff from other websites you see, but have a vision for what you want to have and then figure out what skills you need to be able to build that because your passion for what you're building is what's going to drive you to learn rather than just following a curriculum because you want to learn a thing. That can work, but it's also very hard to stay passionate about it. It's a lot easier to fall off the bandwagon. So I love that's literally how you learn. It wasn't, I'm just going to learn HTML because you thought, Hey, I want this thing to exist. There's no other obvious way to have it exist than to build it myself. So I'm going to figure out what I need to figure out. I love that. That's that's so <laughs> <Right>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of bumps and bruises along the way where it's like, okay, I guess we can't do that. Or I guess this doesn't work and all that, but it's, it's all part of the learning process. And I'm glad that I went through that journey and I, I give the exact same advice to people that are get, getting started. Just find a, a passion project of yours and just start building it there. Well, so, you know, you shifted away from music and into tech amid COVID and all that stuff. You started learning it for this project, but what kind of captivated you about tech beyond building this one project as something that you wanted to keep diving into and that you wanted to make this a sequence of jobs or a career? Yeah. So as I started diving a little bit deeper, I just love the aspect of the possibilities, what you could build. And I was like, oh, there's so many cool music applications that you could build. I was thinking about all these problems that I experienced as a musician. There should be an application. And also just by perception of what is a developer, specifically within web applications, I think a lot of people, especially non-technical people think, oh, you just build up a simple little page and whatnot. Why do we need a developer? We could just use Wix or something. Like, I don't know where all these developers come in. But there's so much complexity when you're building out uh, some really cool applications. So I had all these ideas and this is cool. If I could keep learning this stuff and build a career, build some really cool projects and so the potential of what you could build with these skills really attracted me to it. And and the fact that it's always changing, I didn't want to be in something that just, I learned it and okay, well, I'm not going to grow anymore. I think that's one of the great things about music is you're always learning new repertoire. You're always challenging yourself. You're always in these wacky, crazy situations as a performer. (laughs) Uh, So it's never a dull moment being a, a musician there. So that's what I really wanted is to keep challenging myself and not just hit a level where it's, all right, I've learned everything and I'm just going to cruise along. I want to keep growing and being challenged and work on very unique problems and and 
provide solutions there. That's really cool. That's a perspective I haven't always heard a lot of. Well, you know, we're on this podcast because we come together to talk about different things that bring us joy. And so I was just curious about what is a product tool or community that you found that you really enjoy using and brings you a lot of joy? Yeah, so what I started using the past few months is Exorcism, which is a website where you just solve a whole bunch of different coding challenges, but it's different from a lot of the other ones that are more like computer science. We all know of leak code and stuff like that if you're preparing <laughs> for a job and whatnot. Uh, but there's also Code Wars and Hacker Rank and all that. But I really like Exorcism because you can still focus on those problem-solving challenges, but they make it in a more fun, approachable way. So you're not just like slogging away being like, oh, binary search trees and all this stuff. They come up with these like really cute little fun problems and they're still teaching a lot of the basics and advanced concepts. So you can get yourself lost in just solving all these problems. You're not trying to rack up points or anything like that. You just go through the different challenges and, and there's so many supported languages too. So if you're picking up a new language and you're just like, oh, I just want to kind of practice some coding challenges. So that's what I like about it. It's just very fun, approachable, but you're still learning a lot as opposed to sitting there going, oh, I got to do this because I got a job interview <laughs> coming up there. So that's what I really like about it. The community is just really friendly. I like communities that are friendly atmospheres that are welcoming and not really focused on this ultra competitive situation where we're here to learn. And it's also open source. So if you wanted to contribute and build your own challenges, then you could do that as well, which is kind of cool. So yeah, that's what drew me. I had never heard of this before you mentioned it and checked it out when you told me, hey, this is what I want to talk about. And What's really cool that stuck out to me is I was actually just having a conversation with one of my coworkers the other day. A lot of times people can design gamified systems to always be competitive and that's good and everything, but not everyone. Like I am not someone who tends to like competitive things. It's okay, but it definitely doesn't get me really excited. I actually like co-op stuff more than competitive. And that's what stood out, what you just said. Like looking at it, it seems more like a co-op than a competition. You're not trying to beat people. And in fact, they have mentors to help look at your code reviews. And it's more like you're on a team then you mm-hmm. are trying to be the best on the leaderboard or something like right, that. Exactly. You're not worried about like leveling up or how many points you get. It's just, let's go through these fun challenges. And they have that mentor uh, program where people look at your code and talk about ways you could optimize it. But they also have a built-in tool where they'll check your answer. And if you have a lot of extra repetition or stuff like that, it'll make suggestions like, you have some repetition here. You might want to consider refactoring this part. So you dive back in the challenge. Oh yeah, I guess I could refactor this here and make it cleaner. So it's fun there. It, it takes away that ultra competitive, oh my gosh, I'm behind or I don't measure up to so-and-so. It's just, you're just going through fun coding challenges there. Nice. How did you stumble across it and find out about it yourself? Yeah, I think I discovered it on Twitter because someone else was talking about it. And at that point I was using some of the other sites and I was like, oh, okay, well, what's this? Because it's, it's such a unique name too. I, I've never heard of that for like a coding site there. So I clicked on it and just started working through it. I'm like, yeah, I really like this. I'm glad that I found it. So there's so many cool things you can find on Twitter, just poking around. And it's like, oh, what's this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a list of way too many things that I'm intending to check out one day because I see it on Twitter and well, if I don't save it now, it's going to disappear from my timeline. So I'll send (laughs) that tweet to a note on my phone and then 
I tell myself I'm going to check out that note one day, but really it just keeps growing. It's probably got like 120 right. <laughs> items on it that still need to be looked at. Right. Yeah. Same here. I have a whole bookmark folder of just programming resources that it keeps growing and growing. I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, cool. What languages have you tried out on Exorcism? Yeah, so I've mainly been working with JavaScript and then also playing around a little bit with TypeScript and a little bit with Python there. And so they have a great range of beginner, intermediate, quote unquote, expert challenges and whatnot. And so it's it's great if you're just picking up another language, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, let me go get started with this. And it's still engaging because they, they try to create these like different stories with the problems that you're solving just to help keep you engaged there. So it's not just solve this problem. <laughs> They'll give you like two sentences or something. They'll give you an actual story and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense there. So I like the engagement factor with it. Yeah. I think when I was looking at it, that was one of the biggest things that popped up is that you'd have this story or something to go into. Like, for example, I just randomly pulled up this medium one that is called robot name. And it says, manage robot factory settings. When a robot comes off the factory floor, it has no name. The first time you turn on a robot, a random name is gener generated. Every once in a while, we need to reset a robot back to its factory settings and the name gets wiped. So we need to respond with a new random name. They should not follow a predictable sequence. And that means you can end up having collisions of the names. So your solution must ensure that every existing robot has a unique name. So you're generating these unique names, making sure that they don't match the other unique names, but that they're actually random and not just a sequence of ABC or one, two, three. Right. So that's really cool. Like you actually feel like you have a job and you're trying to accomplish something. Right, right. And it just makes it way more fun as opposed to just being like, all right, just solve this abstract problem. <laughs> and you're like, oh, not another one, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Because definitely leak code and things like that is just very technical, no reason for what you're trying to do is just write an algorithm that does this thing. And this is nice because it makes it feel more like you're doing a real job. I guess, have you ever run into anything that's frustrating or any drawbacks when you've tried to use the website before? Thankfully, no. I think they have a nice. pretty good user experience and it's nice and clean, simple user interface there where you just dive into the challenge. And on the site, I think it's like the right-hand side panel, they have all the directions and then the different test cases. So if you're like, okay, how are they <laughs> testing this here? And go, oh, okay, gotcha. And so I, I think it's laid out quite nicely there. Awesome. Well, that's cool. So if it sounds interesting to anyone listening, feel free to check out the show notes. I've got a link to it in there so you can check it out and try it out. And if you want to continue learning more of the language you're currently learning, do that. If you've been curious about another random language, they've got all sorts of languages, 57 different programming languages. So there's a lot there to figure out. So you can grab a random language you haven't used before and learn something new. As we wrap up, one thing we always like to do is hear if there's anything that each of the guests has that they'd like to share with the community that they think might be helpful to the community. Yeah, so I always love to talk about FreeCodeCamp. That's where I got started learning and then got involved with the open source projects and started writing articles for them. It's a, a free platform where you can learn how to code and they focus on full stack JavaScript as well as Python and data science. So they have an interactive program on their main website where you learn by building projects, which is the best way to learn in my opinion too. It's interactive. So you're not just sitting there consuming hours and hours of videos. They'll 
give you a challenge and then you start to slowly build out this site. So beginners have this great sense of, oh, okay, look what I'm building. They can see it in real time. Okay, this is what I'm building and, and understand how the pieces fit together. They also have a very active YouTube channel. I think they have like 5 million subscribers at this point on their YouTube channel. And it covers like everything with PHP and Ruby and Java and CS concepts, math. They just have a whole bunch of videos that you can go through, but they're really high quality videos of whatever you want to learn there. You can check out the YouTube channel. I just like the community. It's very friendly and approachable because we have people from all around the world. I would probably say, I think Quincy, who's the founder of Free CoCamp said that the North American population was maybe like 30% or somewhere around there. And so we have a lot of people from parts of Africa and India and other parts of Europe and Asia that just want to learn how to code and gain this skill set and transition jobs. And so we all just try to help each other out and answer each other's questions. And that's what I like to be a part of is just nice, friendly, helpful communities. I, I try to stay away from the toxic <laughs> environments if I don't want to be involved with that. So that's what I love about Free Code Camp. That sounds awesome. I've definitely heard different people on Twitter mention it over time, but haven't really interacted with it much myself. So that's great to hear, not just that it's got good information to learn, but also it actually has a good community and things like that. We'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on and joining the podcast. It's just been a pleasure to talk to you, really. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks for joining us for episode two a fun, approachable way with Jessica Wilkins. You can find out more about Jessica on her Twitter, at CoderGirl1991. You can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as a link to Jessica's Twitter in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating and reviewing it in your favorite podcast directory. And follow us on Twitter, at WebJoyFM. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.